Hey everybody, I just want to take a moment to talk about a new thing I'm doing. Over the years, many of you have reached out to me telling me how much you love the podcast, but also wish there were more personalized takeaways and more in-depth interactions with our guests to hear what they think about comedy. This is why I'm now launching my new digital academy, Blueprint for Success. With exclusive interviews and comedy philosophies of stars and industry veterans, personalized versions of the Industry Standard podcast, commercial-free, and one-on-one coaching time with me. Blueprint for Success will give you the powerful tools that will take you up the elevator beyond the competition and reach the highest possible levels to achieve your dreams. Whether it be stand-up, sketch, improv, acting, writing, producing, directing, hosting, radio podcasting, social media influencing, or even if you want a career behind the scenes as a manager or an agent. Now I'm here to help, personally. We'll go on an express train of comedy and entertainment like nobody else has before. You can find out more about Blueprint for Success and the comedy business on my website at barrycats.com. Together, we'll take your career where you want it to go. The biggest motivation I had, I'm not going to tell you his name, but he used to work over at ABC. And after my second show, didn't go. Uh, And we did a table read. On his way out, I heard him say to somebody, that's it for that guy. We're not going to see him again. And I was like, all right. Oh, dude, I have his name written down. And uh, it is on a piece of paper that I look at a lot. And it's got his name and a couple other people's names on there. Of things that they said that I know and I just, it helps me to go. Every now and then when I'm like, well, what what And I look at that name and I go, fuck this guy. And that's, it's, I know it seems weird and petty, but it's just the thing that reminds me like, oh yeah, that guy said, that I couldn't do this. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Industry Standard. Glad to have you here. For those of you who are regulars, thank you again for coming over and over again to this program. Thank you again for listening to this program over and over again, subscribing, passing it on, talking about it. It means a lot to me. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful evening, and I hope you get everything you deserve and more. For those of you newcomers, welcome. Glad you're here. Hope you like it as much as I do, and in many, many ways, this particular episode. And if you listen to the part one of this one, is really special with Josh Wolf. He's a really unique and interesting guy and one of the most authentic and unique people in our business. And before I get started, I just want to let you know if you need to get a hold of me, you can do so at Barry Katz at Instagram or Twitter, or you can just go to barrycats.com, reach me there. I'd love to hear from you. I will do my best to return whatever emails or correspondence you send to me and just be patient and I will do the best I can. 
And when I think about Josh Wolf, I think about a guy who is multifaceted, really a guy who can do anything. And I think that's something that a lot of us in any profession we're in, we don't really think about it. Sometimes we think that we're just really great at one thing because that's something we've done, we've been recognized, we've been rewarded for it, and we keep repeating the pattern over and over again in a great, great, successful way. So you can't look down upon that. No one can. And whatever profession you're in, if you are in that situation where you're just great and keep going to the well with that one thing and it makes you a lot of money and it garners you respect, then you have the right to stay with that and just do that. But know in your heart that there's most likely other lanes, other avenues in your brain that you have that are capable of doing great work, inspiring people in different ways, and garnering income from those different lanes as you move forward in your career. And Josh Wolf is a guy who is in that situation. He doesn't just act. He doesn't just write for syndicated shows. He's not just a panelist that delivers the funny one-liners. And not just a guy who's a screenplay feature film writer who's working with Adam Sandler and his production company, Happy Madison. He's not just a guy who does podcasts that have millions and millions of listeners. And he's not just a guy who's involved in being a New York Times best-selling author. He's a guy who does all of those things and works hard at all of those things and does them all well. And to top it all off, he's a guy who's known for making people feel comfortable and safe. And so when I think of everything and how it stands in his career, I'm telling you, if you can figure out a way to expand your horizons, understand your other talents without leaving behind the one talent that's working for you really, really well, and start building those lanes step by step, slowly but efficiently, and creating great, great moments and great, great small to medium successes and then building and building and building in each of those areas and solidify your personal life in a way that grounds you and gives you the emotional strength to move forward in a positive and confident way, I can guarantee you you'll have the possibility of the kind of career that Josh Wolf has. 
If you look at all the artists that did a hundred episodes, and there's Heather, mm-hmm. and there's Ben Glebe, and there's you, and there's Joe Coy, Ross. and there's Ross. The rest of the writing staff, like Colonna, yeah. Kirkman, all those people. Yeah, yep. Sarah Colonna, all those people. I'm going to go on a limb and say there's 15 to 20 that did 100 episodes. Probably. If I look at the board from every year that the show has been on, and I look at how many new people have been introduced in the past three years... And I'm looking on the board, eight last year, nine the year before, seven the year before, something like that. She feels safe and Mm -hmm. comfortable with a certain group of people. And it doesn't matter how great the person is or how wonderful you think they're going to be or how skilled they are at this. She just feels comfortable with this group. And if I introduce a new person... I really have to bring them all to her and she'll look at them and say, okay, well, let's give this person a shot or whatever. And ultimately it's how she feels comfortable and safe and that's her right. And I completely understood it. Yeah. She kept going to the well over and over again. But the audience really responded to it. They enjoyed the dysfunctional family. Series regulars. They enjoyed the, they, they liked being in at the ground level in 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 knowing us as family they the people who were in at the ground level were in on inside jokes that tracked through the entire arc of the show it was like to me the most genius thing about friends is we were on a break they constantly rewarded people for watching the show by giving them inside jokes and you felt rewarded oh i know that joke because i've put my time in and she did the same thing what's the easiest thing for you to do uh, talk to people what's the easiest thing for you to absorb telling the truth or to be told the truth hear the truth tell me something that somebody has told you along in your career that you realized later was a great thing for you but at the time it really cut you I was doing stand up that was making people laugh I I was getting laughs and I had someone tell me, is that all you want to do? Because when they walk out of here, ask them to remember one of your jokes. None of your jokes are memorable because they're not about you. They're just jokes. So they may laugh while they're here, but they're going to walk out and they might not even remember your name. So until you want to start telling the truth, you, you know, you're basically never going to be anything. It was, it was like my whole world. I was like, I just think I think I'd be funny. Did that come from a respected, well-known artist or just another one of your peers at the time? It came from a, a, a rep who was not my rep, mm-hmm. but who liked me a lot. Chappelle, when I saw him at Radio City Music Hall, did this amazing 
30 minutes. It was incredible. I couldn't believe the first 30 minutes. It was insane. Off the top of his head, I know he'd never done it before. It was about Charlottesville when it happened. Mm -hmm. And then he stops and he does a joke that he eventually did on a special where he says, I'm 44 years old. I'm getting a little older. The other night I was in my room alone in bed and I started jerking off and halfway through I just said fuck it and went to sleep. And crowd applauded, laughed, and he went to 30 minutes of the most fucking amazing material in the world, got off stage. When I was backstage with him I said I loved it but why did you do yeah. the masturbation joke in the middle? I don't understand. It doesn't make sense. Anybody can do the masturbation. Yeah. Granted, you did it better than anybody. And he took a puff of a cigarette and he said, Barry, man, sometimes I just like to do shit for me. Yeah, a hundred percent. That is a hundred. About three years ago, maybe four, I started bringing my guitar on the road with me. I'll do 50 minutes of stand-up and then 15 minutes at the end with my guitar and songs. And I, I fought that for a long time. But then I had a conversation with my wife and she's like, you love writing stupid songs. I'm like, I know, but I don't want to be known as a guitar comic and the way other comics will talk. And she was like, who, who cares? Do you like it? And I said, yeah. She said, do it. If you like it, it's going to make your whole show better. She couldn't have been more right. Because that, that's what I like. And it shows in the show. It makes me happy. It makes the whole set better. Do you know what I mean? Because it's part of the thing. It's part of who I am. And you know, I just put out my special and it's on my website. No songs. Didn't do any songs. It was just a straight hour. But on the road, like there's some nights, there's some clubs that have brought me in and they'll bring me in a day early just to do an hour of comedy songs. So I'll just sit on the stool and for an hour and it's a whole different show. And then the next night I'll just do an hour of stand up. I, the best compliment I've been getting since I bring the guitar on the road in the meet and greets, that was a great show. They they were like, I'm like, they were like, that was like a show. It was like, I was at a show because I, again, much like my attitude and everything I want, I tell people at the beginning of my show, I hope nobody came here to learn anything tonight. It's not that type of show. You are here to have fun and turn your brain off. Do you know one of my favorite things to do that I only do on Saturday Night Late Shows, but it's so much fun? I'll play I Want It That Way on my guitar. And I bring three people up from the crowd. And I have them do interpretive dance to the song behind me. And I interview each one of them. Just to, and this is where the real humor comes in. I ask them the same three questions. How do you rate yourself one through ten as a dancer? Give me, give me in one word how you, how you describe your dance style and what's your best dance move, right? But the weirdest, we had some guy come up a couple weeks ago who was a total bro, and he was like, I go, what's your name? He goes, Jeremy. And, uh, you know, he got real into the mic every time I said it. And I go, how do you, uh, one, one through ten, where do you put your dance style? He goes, seven. And I go, uh, I said, uh, name, give me one word that would uh, describe your dance style. And he you know when somebody really wants to talk and they eat the mic mm -hmm. and he just goes aggressive and I I could not wait for him to start dancing but I played I want it that way which is a real slow kind of mellow tune and the third one was oh the uh with his best dance move stank leg okay so and it was it was like and they get up 
and they and then they're competing because I give the whoever wins, I give their server fifty dollars out of my own pocket. So you're competing for money for your server. The winner gets money for their server. Fantastic. And it's things that like that that I do at my shows now that really are like I'm I'm truly having fun. It's it, it controlled chaos. I is what I love the most. I I like I like it to be like. I, that's why I like live stuff. I like the feeling to like. I don't know what's about to happen, but it's. I mean, I'll I'll be able to control it. And, but I'm excited to see what comes down the pike. It, it, it is my truly my favorite way to operate. I like to have a spine. So I never go in completely blind. I have a spine that I can go back to. It gives me confidence to have that chaos. I don't mind having the chaos because I've done enough homework to have the spine that if I need to, I can come back and grab onto. I prefer to float around it, but if I need to come back to the spine, I always make sure I have it. You know what I mean? How would you rate yourself as a comedian one to 10 based on all your peers? Oh, well, we're in the day and age of the best comics i mean right now the amount of excellent comedians out there i don't know that the roster has ever been this deep i will tell you this i am for the first time in my life supremely confident in what i do i about two or three years ago i was on stage and the only way i can explain it is i was like Oh, this is what it feels like when all four wheels are on the track. <laughs> oh, I thought I was funny before, but oh, this is it. Um, so compared to my, compared to me and who I've been, I'm a 10 compared to Josh Wolf. Compared to the people who are out there right now, you're going to throw me in the ring with Burr and Rogan and Segura and all those dudes. Why not? Um, I mean, and I know it's hard to compare comedy and I do a style that's different. And I, I'm not asking you to compare. I asked you to rate yourself from zero to 10. But or compared one to, 10. to them. Compared to all your peers. Throw would, every single comic you've seen in the past 10 years out there. I would give myself a strong eight. Got it. Yeah. I mean, look, I do long form story. It's not everybody's cup of tea. I tell a story on stage that's 18 minutes. Yeah. And it's my, that's the story that people, uh, a lot of people come to see. Um, and so I know I do that well. I feel like when I watched your, and I did a lot of research, I watched a lot of your stuff. More than any other comic I've seen, I felt like I was watching a modified one person show as stand up. Mm -hmm. It's very personal. Yeah, it's, it's very personal. Incredible. It's it's the only way I think. Um, it it's exactly what that person told me years ago. You're writing jokes that I guess are funny, but who cares? Who cares? So so they I've I've tried to make it very personal, but but that is like also super scary because when you make something personal and people don't like it, they are your feeling is that they don't like you know you. So that's one of the, it was a scary, that was a scary step to, step to take to put your, my personal stuff out there. One, Six degrees of separation. Six degrees of separation. I'm right. going to mention some names. Okay. 
Tell me what comes to mind. Okay. It could be a word, a sentence, a okay. story, anything. Chloris Leachman. Golden girls, but ballsy. <laughs> Shannon Elizabeth. Terrible person. I had a bad experience with her on a show she was on. She may have changed and may people evolve. And when they get out of the spotlight, maybe they become, but she did not behave appropriately. Not like she was indecent to people as the star of the show. She didn't, she did not treat people the way they should have been treated. That was my experience with her. Will Smith. Generous. Jason Lee. Funny. <laughs> he was so funny and so kind to everybody on that My Name is Earl set. He knew everybody's name. He shook everybody's hand. It was, it was really impressive watching him. Yeah, really impressive, but funny, funny. Mike O'Malley. <laughs> the Rick. <laughs> For those of you who know, this guy started his career doing interstitials for ESPN as the Rick, the Boston My favorite character. Fan. The Rick was so good. Still doing them now. I know he's back. He's back. With the Boston Bruins. So amazing. <laughs> Adam Sandler. I We wrote a script. We wrote a script. We sold a script to him. A true story about a group of Little League players out here in Canoga Park. Rick Dempsey was the catcher on the team. Six of the kids off this Little League All-Star team went on to play Major League Baseball. Is that crazy? Wow. Larry Yount and Robin Yount were on this team. Nobody hears about Larry Yount. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but I think Larry Yount also played professional baseball, just not as well as his brother. So, but they, the, the script was about the coach of that team used the team as cover to rob a bank in every different town that the All-Star team traveled to. And so he would rob a bank near the field, and then he would take his mask off and just go coach. But, you know, it was back in the day, no cell phones, no pictures. And, but um, Sandler, honestly, inspiration. The difference between Boston comedians and New York comedians and Los Angeles comedians. <sighs> okay. Since you started in Boston. LA, LA comedy is a little, and I love this being out here. Because they allow you to meander a little more. Uh, New York is, to me, is just basically the Dave Attell family tree. <laughs> Do you know, what I mean? you know what I mean? Like, it's, it all branches back to Attell, basically, somehow. Um, but I don't know about Boston comedy scene anymore, but I will tell you this. As a proud man from Massachusetts, I think the people of Massachusetts... It's the funniest state of people that I've ever, there's no doubt in my mind. If you took, if you just went around the state and you may not love this style of humor, but for me, the Boston and Massachusetts people, funniest people in the world. Hey everybody. I've talked a lot about Aqua True on this show, the amazing water purification system. That's literally a miniature water cooler in your home that purifies the water in a way that no one else has ever figured out how to do. 
It's this incredibly efficient piece of equipment, and it gives you the best tasting water you can ever imagine for pennies. You just take it out of the box, plug it in, put your tap water in it, and it takes out all the bad chemicals. Hey everybody, I hope you're enjoying this episode as much as I am. If you made it this far and you haven't fallen asleep yet, then you must be the type of person who's serious about having a career in the comedy business. That's why I'm offering you my Blueprint for Success, a one-of-a-kind all-access pass into my knowledge and experience after over 40 years of working with the best of the best in this crazy entertainment industry. I'll tell you all the stories, all the philosophies, give you all the great special guests, and even give you one-on-one -on -one private consultations to help you expand, enhance, and skyrocket your comedy career. Just go to barrycats.com and click on Blueprint for Success to learn more about my groundbreaking digital academy that I've created just for you. With it, we can take your career so far that one day, instead of listening to this podcast, you'll be interviewed on it. Chemicals and gives you the best and healthiest water you can ever imagine, saving you thousands of dollars each year from buying bottled water in the store. I have one at my house and office, and everyone who uses it orders one, and you should too. Just go to industrystandardwater.com and type in the promo code Barry, and if you act now, you can get a hundred dollars off and start enjoying the best and most cost-effective water you've ever had, and never waste another dollar buying bottled water again. And I just want to share another groundbreaking product with you. It's a revolutionary air purifier that will change the way your home operates, and I'm talking about the Air Doctor. The air inside our home can be up to a hundred times more polluted than the air outside. But with the Air Doctor, you don't have to worry about it as it removes dust, pet hair, mold, pollen, flu viruses, and so many other contaminants that circulate throughout our homes. Till now, the only thing that could come close to this product were systems that cost thousands of dollars. But now you can get the Air Doctor for a fraction of the cost, normally $600. And if you don't believe me, check Amazon. But for a limited time, I can give you 50% off and save you $300. Just go to airdoctorpro.com, type in the promo code Barry, and get rid of all the bad toxins in your home. I'm telling you, I have this product. It really, really works. So get one now and start breathing the cleanest and healthiest air you can ever imagine. There's a tremendous comedian out there who's had a long career, Steve Sweeney. He used to sell out three shows on a Friday night, 400 people each show every Friday night, and no one knew who he was outside no. of Boston. But the thing about the Boston area, for those of you who don't know, there's probably 60 colleges within the 128 road that goes around Boston but there's also all these towns that have their own language they have their yeah. own dialect it's pretty pretty crazy so you could have Somerville Chelsea Marblehead Bedford Bedford where they don't pronounce the R <laughs> yeah. it was an amazing time back then with all those great people like Don Gavin and DJ Hazard, Lenny and Clark. Jack Gallagher, Lenny Clark, Stephen Wright, Paula Poundstone, yep. a very unique, eclectic Dennis Leary, which is odd because comedy came 
from the bars where the bar yeah. was in the room where you know you go to a comedy club wasn't now. Kevin Meany a Boston guy of course he came from San Francisco yeah. came in there was the Sweeney Meany show yeah, they had yeah, yeah. where they used to bring the screen down and they used to go on the street and bring it on this huge screen. It was the first one of its kind. Kevin and they Meany would do was... man on the street stuff. And then Anthony yeah. Clark took it over after oh that, where God. you where you worked on yesteryear. With yeah, him. but you know, Anthony, to me, honestly, such a kind man, so depressing. What kind of ended up happening with him? I, I will tell you, as far as likability on stage, I don't know that you're ever going to find anybody who walked on stage and was, as soon as he opened his mouth, people were like, I love this guy. It, but he just, I don't know if he got lazy with the stand-up. He did the same act for years and years and years and years. I just don't know that, he, I don't, he just never seemed like a happy dude, but he was so good on stage. I, one of the very few people that I could just watch and watch, and even with that same act, you know who else is the same way that I can watch and watch, even though I'm not, I don't love their act, although I like his act a little more now, just as a performer. Man, I can watch Dane Cook forever. Absolutely. There's something about him on stage that's so captivating. I, I like his material now more than I did before. So you like the darker stuff? I do, because I wasn't the right demographic for the earlier uh -huh. stuff. I don't think there's any doubt about that. That was aimed at a certain demographic of people. I think it's fascinating you have one chapter yeah. where you're like the happy-go-lucky, let me talk about the world and relationships in your language, and then the next chapter. But you have to do that. I think you have to change the lane as an artist. I think you have to. Well, it, there's two different theories. You know, uh, Dave Grohl guest-hosted Chelsea for a week, and um, he, somebody, we, he would come into our office like at 5 o'clock every day. And he'd be like, you guys can ask us when he asked me whatever questions you want. Somebody asked him a question about his music and, you know, people criticize him because his albums sound the same. And he was like, you know, man, when people buy a Foo Fighters album, they want to hear Foo Fighters music. And when I want to do different music, I do different projects. But the Foo Fighters play Foo Fighters music because that's what my fans want to hear. And I was like, yeah, like I totally get that. But then I also got the fact that you too did that crazy electronica album. And when they did, I was like, yeah, good for them because they're an artist and they want to try new stuff. So I, I see, I see both, but for me, the, you got to grow with your audience. Yeah. And it takes courage. And I think the kind of comedy that Dane Cook is doing now, it takes courage yes. to do that when, you know you've been doing the other stuff for so long and you had a whole audience that embraced that but you're like i'm growing as a person i'm growing as an artist and now this is what i'm coming up with very few people in comedy have the courage to do that besides dane cook that is completely changed the stand-up journey of oh. what kind of comedy they're doing can you name anybody that's completely doing a different kind of tone no it's it's one of the reasons why that um you know I, I when he does sets at the store every now and now and then i'll watch from the back of the room and um he's more calm he's more settled 
he's talking to you. And so, but he still has all that charisma and the, uh, the, and the stage presence that he had before, but it's not as, uh, it's not as frantic. You know what he's really comfortable with right now, which I assess and you tell me if you think I'm wrong. One of the most powerful things you can do as an artist, and it's so hard for many artists to do, is to be entirely comfortable with the silence. Yeah, I've, I've developed that also. And he's become yeah. comfortable with the silence. And when I say that to the audience, I'm not saying bombing. bombing. I'm saying you're telling a story and your story has pauses where there's nothing because you're getting to a place where yeah. you need to go and you're okay with that. Whereas before, I think he would agree, although he's not sitting here, is was a frantic pace of there was never room for any pause. And I think when you sell out two shows at Boston Garden and two shows at Madison Square Garden in one night, which no one has ever done before or since as a comedian or probably a musical artist. Yeah. It's working. It's it's the one thing that, for me, helped me turn the corner and get all four wheels on the track was being okay in the silence and realizing that silence means they're listening. That's it, right. It means they're listening. If they were talking, that would be bad. They're listening. They're interested. They're in on the story. So keep going. Yeah, it, it, it's an interesting thing. Yeah. Ross Matthews. My buddy, uh, alpha male, by the way, well, Ross and I used to do a podcast together called Josh and Ross. When we were calling it, he said, he said, no, now it was called Josh and Ross. It wasn't called Ross and Josh. It wasn't Josh and Ross. Even he had to admit it just flowed better. So, but he tried the other way, but <laughs> I, I, we walk into the studio for the first time, first time. And I sit, I get there first and I sit down in a seat that is clearly the A mic. Could you tell our audience what the A mic and the B mic is? The A mic is, is basically the person who's going to be running the show. It's the center chair. It's the, it's the person who's running the show. You, you know, you can Because have... when you go to KLOS, let's say yeah. the Frazier Smith show, which I do every Sunday at midnight, you walk in and there's this thing that goes around and the engineer is in the center mm -hmm. and there's all these seats and he just elects to sit at a seat on the end, which doesn't feel to me like the AC. No, but that doesn't know, seem like the AC. Yeah. So I'm like, I'll sit down there because I'm, I'm not, I'm Eileen Alpha also. So I'm like, this is clearly my seat. So he walks in. And I'd just known him from the show and we were friends and always on the round table. We were so good together because we were so different, but we were alike in so many important ways. And we had such a good time together. So, but he sits down, he walks in and he goes, I'm sitting in the A mic seat and he goes, you're in, you're in my seat. And I was like, well, no, I thought we'd, uh, you know, we'd try this out a little bit and. You know, I, he was, she was, he was like, no, 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 we're not trying anything. <laughs> this, is, this is, that's where I sit and you sit over there. He was like, I'm, I will be doing most of the talking. I will be run. I, I have the idea of how the show is going to run. You're going to say some funny stuff, 
but I'll basically be doing most of everything. And I was like, yeah, but I'm just going to, and he was like, no, you're not sitting there. This is not how the, this is not how the show's running. And he was like, just know, like, we're not getting past this point until you move to your seat. He is such, look, he's such a sweetheart. And I think people, because he's got a high pitched voice and they assume he's this type of dude. He is a alpha, not to be fucked with dude. He will not, he's not a pushover and he will not allow anyone to step on him or do a, like he is. Yeah, man. <laughs> he, if he was like big muscle guy, you'd be like, that's the attitude that dude has that fits that guy entirely. But when Ross walks in with it, you just don't expect <laughs> it. Cause it's so nice. And the voice is so kind and you're like, yeah, I'll move over for you, man. <laughs> you know, last comic standing. Suit jacket. <laughs> Explain that. Peter Engel. Peter Engel, by the way, who's been a guest on the show and created Saved by the Bell, but also helped create The Last Comic Standing with Jay Moore. He and- wanted all of us to wear suit jackets. So I was like, hey, I don't wear suit jackets. And he was like, on my show you do. And I was like, yeah, but I don't, it takes away from my, my comedy. And he was like, that's fine. But on my show, you wear a suit jacket. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, but it's, it's not, I don't feel comfortable. He was like, what? Then don't be, then feel comfortable somewhere else. But on my show, he kept going back to it. That's, and he would say, that's fine. But on my show, he kept saying that. <laughs> on my show, you wear a jacket. Oh, he was like, that's cool. But on my show, you don't wear a hat. Like over and over. And what did you do? I put, I took off the hat and I wore a jacket. <laughs> I mean, what else are you going to do? You know what I mean? It was, he was right. It was his show. I had to do what he wanted me to do. Yeah, it was pretty great. I've, I've I learned so much from every set I've been on. And I, I took some things away from Peter. Um, I took a ton of things away from Chelsea, from Gar- Greg Garcia, from all these people. And um, because it's so important, like not just to do your job, but to learn, like to learn from the people who, who are in front of you or doing things that you want to do. Like if you're not studying the things that people are doing that you want to be doing, I don't know what you're, you're not going to get there. You need, they got there for a reason. I bet you a lot of them have one or two things in common. What are the one or two things in common that they all have? Then you should probably, if you're not doing those, you should probably be doing them. You know, Larry, the cable guy. supremely generous funny and not the guy that people think he is do you know they have this idea I toured with him for years Uh, man he paid me more than he as an opener and he uh, taught me maybe the best lesson after one of his shows I was on his bus and he comes back on the bus and he goes what are you doing here I go, I was waiting. We're going to hang out. He was like, why aren't you up at the merch table shaking hands? And I was like, well, what am I going to do? He was like, why? He said, they know me. I don't need to be up there. You, after every show, should be shaking people's hands and saying thank you for coming. Because he had told me two weeks earlier when I asked him the first time I ever got on stage in front of him, what should I do? 
what, what do you not want me to do? What are the rules? He goes, don't go over 25 minutes and don't say fuck. He said, but I'll tell you the truth. It doesn't matter if you kill or you bomb. There's no pressure on this gig because after I do an hour and a half, they're not going to remember who you were. And he said, I don't say that to be an asshole. I say that so you don't feel any pressure. And then he said to me, if I don't hear you try at least three to five minutes of new material every week, I will find somebody else to do this job. He said, you don't have any pressure. Use the stage to get better. Wow. And that coupled with the meet and go up to the, because he said, they're not going to remember you. Go make them remember you. He said, the one thing I will tell you is that when you look in somebody's eye and shake their hand and say, thank you for coming, you've made a fan. Go make some fans. It was outstanding advice. Wow. The creator of Yes, Dear. Greg Garcia. Raising Hope. God, there's so many of them. My name is Earl and now the guest, guest book. Guest book is great. Greg Garcia. Genius. If you ever get a chance, and by the way, that's how a set should be run. People want to go to work there. He's, he's, it's so open and so, you know, when, when, and look, he's Greg Garcia, man. If he writes something on a page and he wants you to say it, he could just be like, Hey, say the line, but he'll always to everybody say it the way you want to say it, say it the way I wrote it. So we have that. But if you have an idea, I'm, I'm, I'm open to idea. He's a, a best idea wins guy. Humble, humble, humble. Makes everybody feel empowered and like they have a voice and that their opinion matters. It, and because of that, you're empowering everybody on that set. So when they come to work, they feel important. Everybody on his set felt important. So you want to do your job because you feel good about doing it. Uh, uh, great guy. Great guy. Finally, Chelsea Handler. Mm. Um, you know, I know a lot of people have taken, since the show has ended, have taken their time to take digs on her. Uh, I'll tell you, when people ask me, do I miss the show? It is a resounding no. Do I miss her and do I miss my friends? I do. And I, um, I learned, uh, I learned a lot from her. Some good, some bad, some good, some bad. Um, but you know, her, um, her, the, the, the loyalty that she showed you while you were showing her loyalty was like something I had never felt before. And so, um, she really is also generous to a fault, a lot like Dan Whitney, generous to a fault. And, um, but at the same time, man, there is a vulnerability to her that if you're around her enough, it's, it's real. And obviously, you know, a little bit of the, what she puts out is to cover that up, but to sit and talk with her. And we've had many late night conversations is is she's so smart she's like so smart and acutely aware of herself and how people think of her and she still is brave enough to be that person like there's there's so many incredibly positive things about her but the lesson that i learned from her and from um 
I had a chance to talk to Stern for 30 minutes, which was amazing. But the lesson I learned, which was, hey, just do you. Do exactly what you do um, and, and have fun, and then they're going to find you. Hey, everybody. Let me remind you one more time about my new blueprint for success. It's a project that I've spent months and months working on just to help you jumpstart your comedy career and beat the competition. Whether you want to do stand-up, sketch, improv, acting, writing, producing, directing, radio, social media influencing, or even if you want a career behind the scenes as a manager or agent, Blueprint for Success will give you all the tools you need to take your career to the highest levels. With exclusive interviews, my top 50 commercial-free episodes from Industry Standard, one-on-one coaching with me, and unprecedented access into my knowledge and experience from over 40 years in this crazy business. I guarantee you that with Blueprint for Success, you'll become the creator you've always dreamed of becoming. No one's asking me to do this. I want to do it because I want to help you become truly undeniable. So just go to barrycats.com, click on Blueprint for Success, and start your incredible journey today. I truly can't wait to work with you to help you change the trajectory of your comedy career forever. Howard Stern. You know, I, I okay, so I had a chance. Chelsea invited me, took me as her plus one to um, uh, his birthday party, his 60th birthday party, which was crazy. And we were in his... I don't know. Do they, if it's that big, is it called an apartment? <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> Penthouse, what, do they call, what do they call that building? We were in his, and um, I'm not going to say who was at the dinner. It was a sit down yes. dinner for his 60th birthday. Well, no, no, no. So he had the 60th birthday at a, he had a, at a huge theater. Grohl performed, Steven Tyler performed, Adam Levine was there. It was massive and amazing. The, and because I went with Chelsea, at the, I was up, my table was two tables in, in front, two rows in front of Mark Cuban. Like we were up there. But the night before, he had a get together at his house. And Chelsea was on the list. And since I was with her. How many people were at the get together at his house? One, two, three, four, five, six, maybe 12, maybe. At the beginning of the dinner, I said out loud, hey, everybody, I know you're all wondering who the fuck I am. Don't feel any pressure to talk to me. Talk amongst yourselves. Happy to be here. <laughs> you said that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just had to, I didn't want anyone to, I didn't want any pity conversation. You know what I mean? So what's your name? You know what I mean? Like I. And what was the reaction? Th- nothing. Nobody said anything. And they just kept talking. <laughs> <laughs> it was like not even a, <laughs> there was just kind of a brief pause and they all went back to whatever. And I was like, yeah, that, that was the appropriate response for that. <laughs> I could just picture yeah. Chelsea's face when you said that. She was, she spent a lot of time talking to Howard. But I had a chance to talk to him for a little bit and ask him a couple questions. And it was, you, you know, man, the best at what he, the best ever at what he does. And talk about a dude who's changed who he is and what he does. It's incredible. But he did it so smart. He did it gradually. He did it gradually. Um, and he's still the same guy, but you're not going to see lesbians going down on each other on a show anymore. But in a weird way, he hasn't lost his edge. He's just not doing that. So he's kept his edge, but he's changed. But he's such a smart guy. 
and basically was like having, I think the best line he said to me, I'm, I'm, I'm going to end up paraphrasing it is have an opinion, have an opinion because people are going to react to that. You may not like the way they react, but have an opinion. If you do not have an opinion in, in, in what we do, yeah, no, you're lost. But have an opinion is so simple, right? So simple, but like, yeah, yeah. Better actor or better comedian? Better comedian. Better comedian or better writer? Wow, they're so close together. Better comedian. Your proudest moment in show business? Um, I had a show called The Josh Wolf Show. I remember it. So my dream was always to have a talk show called The Josh Wolf Show. And, um, and so I had, this is not a single moment, but the whole journey of that. I hired all my friends. My son was a PA on the show. My wife was on the show. My daughter was on the show. I had all my brothers on the show. The people on the panel, I just had my friends on. It was what I had always dreamed of doing to have, to have, to build that type of family, that community. That's what I was my proudest moment. And I have no regrets about that show. The, the, um, I don't look back on that show with anything but fondness because I look at it. I'm like, could we have done anything different or anything better? Nope. We, it just wasn't the right place for that show. But my proudest moment, it was just having everybody there. And ha also having my mom and dad see me on stage at Radio City Music Hall was pretty amazing. They, I think, were a little like, and that was to see them backstage. And, and um, after that was pretty great. But those, those two things. Your biggest disappointment in show business and how you used it to fuel yourself to the next level. My biggest disappointment was, uh, well, my biggest disappointment and what fueled me are two, di my biggest fuel are two different things. Okay. My biggest disappointment was when the show got canceled. The Josh Wolf show. When it got canceled. Because, you know, I don't want to get into the, the dirty details, but we were told some things that led us to believe that the show was kind of like Danny Ainge told Isaiah Thomas. Yes, exactly like that. Exactly. But we were told some things. We were told some things that led us to believe that we were going to be renewed. And I was so excited about it because it was what I always wanted to do. So when you write down on a piece of paper, this is my dream, the Josh Wolf show, a talk show, and it gets canceled. It was just a big bummer. The biggest motivation I had I'm not going to tell you his name, but he used to work over at ABC. And after my second show, didn't go. Uh, and we did a table read. On his way out, I heard him say to somebody, that's it for that guy. We're not going to see him again. And I was like, all right. Oh, dude, I have his name written down. And uh, it is on a piece of paper that I look at a lot and it's got his name and a couple other people's names on there if, of things that they said that I know. And I just, it helps me to go every now and then when I'm like, well, what the, what the? and I look at that name and I go, fuck this guy. 
and that's it's I know it seems weird and petty but it's just the thing that reminds me like oh yeah that guy said that I couldn't do this wow so I, I don't yeah I don't that wasn't something that sat well with me last question what advice do you have for the young person growing up having a dollar and a dream and to navigate through this business and to get to the kind of level where you're a writer, a performer, a producer, you're doing everything in the business and a stand-up, you're acting, and to have the kind of career that you've had. I'll tell you what, and I've said this before, I would do five things a day for your career. Whatever those five, whether it's a phone call, uh, whether whether you're a part of your job is you need to look good so you go to the gym, you need to do five things at least a day for your career. That's twenty five things a week. Maybe it's five phone calls. Some because I, and, I, and when I was single, raising the three kids in the in the apartment, and I couldn't get out of the house. And I couldn't do the normal hobnobbing that everybody else had to do. I had to figure out. So I did in the apartment, I did three things a day. I didn't have a lot of time. Now I do. I still do five things a day, at least for my career. And because it just goes back to really the whole motto that I started in 1999 with that very first one man show. I would wake up every morning with those three kids. And I was just like, you got to keep your legs moving. Because if you keep your legs moving, look, the world in this business is going to push you. If you're standing still, it's going to push you backwards. If your legs are constantly moving, you may not move forward some days, but nobody's going to push you backwards. And so those five things a day kept my legs moving. And that's what I would say. You can't stand still. You got to keep your legs moving. Don't, there, people are going to push back. Don't let them push you backwards. You may stay still for a year. But at least you're not backwards. So keep your legs moving. Josh Wolf, this has been extraordinary controlled chaos. <laughs> Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Okay, I'm going to scroll through the list of people who sent me a message. And one of these people will be a lucky winner. And they'll get to attend a podcast live with one of my guests, meet them, shake their hand, ask them a few questions, or else if they're out of town, out of state, or out of the country, we'll Skype them in or FaceTime them or anything like that so they can be there. Why not? So let me look here randomly and pick somebody. Landing on James Gardner, April 8th, 2017. Heading reads, Barry's one of a kind, five stars. Comment reads, unbelievable insight with Hollywood's elite. Week after week, Barry rocks. Thank you so much, James Garner. I really appreciate it. Wow. You are a winner. And that wraps up part two of our podcast. 
I just wanted to thank my incredible partners, starting with AquaTrue, the revolutionary miniature countertop water purification system that works straight out of the box. Plug it in, fill it with tap water, and immediately turn your faucet into your favorite bottled water for pennies. You can get $100 off when you go to industrystandardwater.com and just type in the promo code Barry and start enjoying the best water you've ever had and never buy another bottle of water again. And I Killed JFK, the groundbreaking film about the only living person who admitted to killing Kennedy. Go to IKillJFK.com, buy the film and the rare interviews with five of the last living experts, and I guarantee it'll change your mind about what happened that day. And the Air Doctor, the innovative portable air purification system which will change your overall quality of life. It instantly removes dust, pet hair, mold, pollen, flu viruses, and other contaminants circulating in your home. Normally $600, and if you don't believe me, check Amazon right now. But for a limited time, I can offer you 50% off. That's a $300 savings. Just go to airdoctorpro.com, type in the promo code Barry, and start breathing the cleanest and healthiest air in the world. And here's a preview of the next very special episode. Tom Werner, if you have a vision and you really uh, are clear about something, then my guess is that if it's good, it will find an audience and one shouldn't be uh, put off by any kind of impediments along the way. Thank you so much for listening and have a great day. As always, this has been Industry Standard with me, Barry Katz. And if you like the show, tell all your friends. And if you don't like the show, tell all your friends. You get all the money, drop that fancy car. All the people love you, cause you're going for life is for the dreamers. They Never quite over till it all feels the same. You pick your own poison, dig your own grave down in the valley. A fortune. Thank you for listening to Industry Standard with Barry Katz. If you'd like more info on our schedule of new episodes or how to reach Barry through Twitter, Facebook, or email, go to BarryKatz.com. Before you leave, please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast. Leave a comment and rate it, even if you think it blows. Thank you for your support and have a great day.